0: Jesus. There's actually a couple of more. You know, we talked about the resurrection and the life, and we talked about being light of the world. We talked about, you know, we we have not talked about that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We have not talked about him being the bread of life or the gateway. He said, I'm the gate, all those who enter in. But today we're going to talk about being, I am the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. Now, let's talk just for a minute. about jesus and who he was and i made a statement uh, while we were praying for people that jesus came as a man he was the son of god but he left his deity it was in arm's reach but he didn't he never grabbed it he left it to be a man to suffer like we suffer Everything, every trouble you go through, he, he had troubles, he had concerns, he had the enemy, he was uh, tempted by drugs, alcohol. The Bible says in Hebrews, he was tempted in every manner that we are tempted, yet he overcame. So he was tempted. He went to not only the cross, but in the garden, it started. You talk about the pressures of life. That you face, when Jesus was on his knees in the garden, he he began to sweat great drops of blood. That's pressure. That is pressure. And that is where our atonement, that's where uh, the crown of thorns really on his mind, the curse that's on our minds. And don't think your mind's not cursed because it is. And if you let it wander, it'll keep you up all night. And if you let it wander, it will worry about everything that stuff that doesn't even concern you. You'll take up somebody else's offense and be all mad and have a heart attack over somebody else's problem. That's that's the curse that's in the earth. That's not your problem. It's your place to pray and give it to God. And so we're going to talk about being grafted and how important it is to be in Christ. If, if, if you're a believer in here and Jesus lives in your heart, raise your hand for me. Look at all the people. Now, if Jesus is in you, why don't you go ahead today and make a declaration that you're going to get into him? Because he can be in you and be all around you and be all on you and you not, not even recognize him. I wish Jeff Lyerly was here. Has anybody seen Jeff Lyerly? Now, if you don't know Jeff Lyerly... But I'm ignoring him completely, and he's right here. How many Christians walk around and run through the week and ignore the, the Spirit of God every day? Oh, it's Sunday. we got to go to church. But how about it? Christianity is not a church thing. It's an everyday thing. Amen. It's a life-changing, uh, it's lifestyle. It's, it's a relationship. Yes. We're not robots where God commands us. Yes, I will go over here and talk to Jeff. No, God's about relationships. He wants a people. He wants children. He wants adults. He wants everybody to have a relationship with him. You were made. You were created to be the house of God. You were created to hear the voice of God. You were created to be grafted into the vine, or you were created to be in Christ. And it's fun. And if it's not fun, you're not doing it right. You're doing religion, but it's fun following Jesus. It's what when other things start happening and we lose our focus and lose, and let's just get into the words. Anybody need notes? Raise your hand. You need sermon notes. So foundation scripture, we'll start with that in John 15. Let me just set this up too. The book of John, he was in his 80s when he wrote it. And the Holy Spirit stirred him up because he would read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the Holy Spirit started stirring in him, there's some things you need to write down. And what he wrote in 13, 14, 15, 16, chapter 17, it's not in the others. This is Jesus' last day on the earth. If you had a last day, if they told you tomorrow is going to be your last day, what are you going to start saying to people? What are you going to say to your children and grandchildren or your family? Huh? Jesus knew that this was his last day, and he sat down. In John 14, he talked about, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He talked about, I no longer call you servants because servants don't know what the master's doing. He goes, I'm calling you brothers, and I'm going to share with you. In 15 is what we're talking about. I'm the vine. You are the branches. In 16, he talked about the Holy Spirit coming to empower you, to be with you, to help you, to be your advocate, to teach you how to fight and where to go, what to do, what to say, what not to say. You know, Jesus could have preached several sermons, some of the questions that people ask him, but he didn't. They weren't ready to receive it. Christian. People aren't ready to receive everything you got to say. Be led. God will lead you. God will guide you. So let's look at John fifteen five. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Oh, boy. Let's talk of that just for a second. How about fruit? Ah, nah, let's just go on. So, so look at your sheet. A. Why is being connected important? Important is the word you need to write down today. Being connected is important. In John 15, 1, he starts it off, I am the true vine. Stop right there. I am the true vine. I am the real vine, one translation says. So that means you can be connected to the wrong vine. We want to get connected to the true vine. I mean, if we're going to play, let's just get, in, let's get it right, right? And, and we have to recognize and, and understand that Jesus is the true vine. You know, there are other people who started religions, and they even died for their religion, but they died because they were crazy. That's so just, all right, let that sink in. But Jesus died on the cross, and if he was not the way, the truth, and the life, then the Father punished him for no reason. If there are other ways, in many ways, why did he suffer? And he suffered the whole time he was here on the earth. The Bible says he bore our sickness and infirmities in Matthew 8, 17, which is in Isaiah 53. He suffered for us so we could be free. So he's the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser or the gardener, a good gardener. He's a good gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. He prunes. Nobody likes pruning, you know? We don't like like change, but sometimes God wants us to change. And to prune, let Him prune us, that that it may bear fruit. Now let's let's talk just for a second. So if you you got to be in the true vine, you can be connected to the wrong vine. How about this? If you're connected to the wrong vine, how's that affected you? Or how about how about if you got you ever seen a, a apple tree or a peach tree and it get mold on it? Now I'm not gonna ask for a raise of hand. How many of y'all got mold on you? How many of you got a parasite on you? you know there are parasites in this life that will pull? It's called sin that will drag and pull you back and hinder you from running the race God has set before you. Yeah. There's parasites, and you know, I, I've got bagworms on a bush at my house, and I have sprayed that thing, and it and, and kills them. But they came back about three or four years later. I got to get them again. Do you know the devil keeps coming back because he's stupid? And you got to kick him in the teeth again. He's going to keep coming back. And went, oh, I don't know why he's beating up on me. Well, that's his job. He's stupid. That was one of the S words my kids couldn't say growing up, and my daughter gets on me every time I say it now. But the enemy is out of his mind, he cannot understand that he's defeated. Amen? And so, so we need to recognize there are false vines. There are things that attach itself to you. There's so many distractions in the earth to pull you away from Jesus. From sports to TV to whatever. You know it. So, so number one, staying connected is where we're at. Staying connected produces fruit. Staying pro- connected with God produces fruit. You know what? I think we want, we live in America. I think we want to stay connected so we can be blessed. I think we've lost our focus. I think we've lost our focus. We want to be, yes, God does bless. Yes, God does bring increase. Yes, he does. But that's not why we serve him. We serve him to produce fruit. So, in John 15, 5, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. And I and him bears much fruit. So we want to bear fruit. Well, does it bearing fruit mean making more money? Does it bearing fruit mean i got all the friends and I've got everything? No, bearing fruit is what's found in Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine of them. So let's talk about fruit just for a second. Let's talk about an apple. You got a beautiful, you like red apples or green? Let's vote red. Raise your hand. Only two, three, four. There you go. Green apples. Anybody like a green one? Green's winning, okay? (laughs) Inside an apple are seeds. This Holy Spirit just gave me this just before service started. And that apple will fall and the fruit around it helps the seed To produce another tree, doesn't it? How about the fruit that God has put in your life? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, faith, all the nine. How about each of those nine fruits have a seed in them? And that's, guess what? The apple tree doesn't eat the apples. The fruit is to produce another tree. The fruit in your life is to produce another believer. You ever met somebody that you, man, I just like hanging out with them. Man, they've got the joy of the Lord. They're producing fruit in your life. And you're supposed to be producing fruit in somebody else's life. And you are planting a seed in them, and they go, I want to be. There are people in my life, I want to I be like them. They planted a seed in me, and I want to be like them when I grow up. And I still say that when I grow up. Because I'm still pressing towards the mark of the high calling and I wanna be like them. I I I I know this sermon ain't gonna make you shout and jump up, but you need to hear this because your love, your joy, your peace, your gentleness, your kindness will produce fruit in somebody's life and they'll partake of it and they'll get the seed of it and they go, I need that Jesus. I need that Jesus. We gotta live Jesus. That's what this is all about. When people see you, do they see Jesus? <laughs> Yeah, that's what's going to happen when you get out and drive down. The enemy's going to come steal this word. That's what the Bible says, that he steals the word, and he's going to steal your joy, and you're going to get all hot. uh, Sit down back there, kids. My grandpa and I, I, I was the oldest grandson, and I was the favorite for a long time. But I heard stories with his five kids, but the three oldest, he could with one hand go back and whop every one of them across the head in the back seat of the car. I never got that. I thought I was. I took his big riding lawnmower and jammed it into his side door of his car, and I wasn't big enough to stop it, and it was just sitting there crunching in that door. I said, he is going to beat me, but he didn't because I had favor with him. I was the number one grandson. But my point is we have favor with God. And God's not out to get you. God's wanting to train you to walk in love and joy and peace and all the nine fruits so you can be a witness and a light. And people say, I want the Jesus you got because the Jesus I've been hearing about, he gets us. And that's what religion will tell you. If God was going to get you, he'd have got you a long time ago, probably in use about 13. I'll give you 14 or 15, but you got God would have got you a long time ago. He is trying to develop you. He wants you to come in and receive from Him and walk with Him. Uh, Fruit is for others. We're not talking about satisfying our flesh with the fruit, it's going after and being a kingdom builder, being that witness in that life. Number two, under that, uh, why being connected, being disconnected produces nothing. Come on. We need to be connected. So, in the, uh, that same verse, John 15, 5, right at the end, it says, Without me, you can do nothing. So, so that's where people have failures. You ever seen a Christian, you don't know, have a hissy fit? It's because they're not grafted in, they're wore out. I've seen preachers, you ever seen preachers fall? Because they're wore out and they transferred from walking and being grafted in the vine to doing it themselves. And they trip and fall, they have affairs, or they become alcoholic, all these things because somewhere along the line, they've got so busy. Because you can do busy work, you can do busy, but you can even get busy being doing kingdom business and not stay grafted. This is important. We have to stay grafted. We have to stay grafted in the bind because apart from me, you can do nothing. In verse 6, it says, if you do not remain in me, you'll be like the branch that's thrown away and withers, and uh, such branches are packed. Picked up and thrown into and burned. Listen, you wither on the inside. You dry out. You fizzled out. You wore out. And then you're fleshed out. Now, your flesh comes out and you get stomping, hissy fit, having to be mad and, you know, show out in a restaurant and they go, I'm not going to wait on him anymore. They're back there spitting in your food, okay? Just want to remind you of that. (laughs) No. We've got to control our flesh. But how do we, you can't control your flesh on your own. You have got to stay grafted in the vine. We have got to stay connected. So here's my question. Are you running towards God or away from God? Yeah? Are you pursuing Him? Well, how how do you pursue that relationship? Right here. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but have you heard anybody preach other than me in the last week? We need to be turning somebody on and feeding on something, hearing somebody. And I encourage you to feed yourself. That's feeding your spirit, man. Listen to somebody preach a sermon, you know, hearing it. Boy, that's good. That's good. i take that. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about it. when you hear something that you say, I want, then receive it. Learn how to receive. Because you you can say, oh, that's good. And it will not affect you whatsoever until you receive it. And you start taking a hold of it and grabbing a hold of it, learning how to walk in it, learning that when tough times come, you're going to say what Jesus would have said. And I don't care getting out and doing stomping around and telling everybody what Jesus said. No, you get it by yourself because Showing out and, and saying what Jesus said is not going to help you. It's what's inside you. Yes, so we've got to be grafted. We have to stay connected. We, we have to, to do what Jesus said. Uh, being disconnected produces nothing. So along with that, too, you can be running and running on empty. It's time to gas it up. I went and gassed up my wife's car last night. Just when that needle went all the way over. How about getting filled up with God? Come on, it's not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. You know, you read in Acts, the disciples went back and they prayed and the Holy Spirit came and shook. Now you know you're having church when the building shakes. I've seen people shake, but I've never seen a building shake. Hey, hey. So let's go to B. How do we stay connected to the vine? Number one, do what Jesus said. Do what Jesus says. We have to do what he says. In John 15, 10, it says, If you keep my commands or my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Keep his commands. We touched a little bit on the Ten Commandments last Sunday. The Ten Commandments are perfect. And the ugly part is, is you can't keep them. But we have a champion who did. Jesus. But Jesus kind of said, hold on, hold on. You know, because thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, you know, you can go all that, thou shalt not. But Jesus said, let's just clean it up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's my command. That is the command. With these two, you're going to fill. Because if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to steal his pen or his bottle of water or his Bible or his money. I'm not going to cheat with his wife on him. I'm not going to do all those things. See, th- all those other ones are taken care of when you walk in love and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. But one of the biggest keys is we don't love ourselves enough. We beat ourselves up. We walk around, I'm not good enough, I'm no good. You're not, but Jesus, the blood we just sang about is, is what makes you good. Yes. It's the blood of Jesus. So wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been washed in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? Yes. In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Yes. Then yes and amen, you're good enough now. Yes. Did you know the Bible says when God looks at Jesus, he doesn't see you, he, he's looking at you, but he sees Jesus. So why feel guilty? Get clean. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Now we're Superman again. Hey, Superwoman. Get clean. I hope y'all took a bath this week, some of y'all. At least use dial or something, huh? Or, or secret. I got a joke, but I ain't going to say it. <laughs> Somebody used secret and it told on them. But anyway. <laughs> the... Well, same thing spiritually. Clean up. Get before God and say, God, this whole week I have neglected you, my relationship with you. Please, cleanse me. Peter had to do it. Paul had to do it. Old Testament people had to do it. They missed it. It's not about missing it. It's about going back and taking a hold of what God has for you. It's your position in God. We are grafted in the vine. We're in the family. We've been adopted. You can't be unadopted. We're adopted. We're sons and daughters. You cannot do something stupid enough to, that he's going to reject you. Because people to preach that, well, you're smoking, and he's rejecting you. No, he doesn't. That's a bad habit. Now, the, the grace doesn't give you a free reign. We can just sin, do what we want to, and ask God to forgive us and be clean. No, the grace of love and the love of God compels us to be like him. Be ye holy as I am holy. Come be like me. My, my grandson walks like me. They have my sayings. One of them has a sense of humor. The other two, not so much. They have a good laugh. But the other one's looking to entertain you. They like me. I want to be like Jesus. You know, Somebody saw my picture my and aunt, my aunt goes, you look just like your daddy. I said, no, I look like me. I want to look like Jesus, which is a compliment. I'm not knocking that. But we want to look like Jesus on the inside and the out <laughs> and out. Glory be. So number two under B is we need to love like Jesus loves. That, that's how you know you're in the vine. You're not going to just be looking at somebody and you can't stand it and can't stand this or that. And uh, we need to love like Jesus loved in John 15, 12. Notice we're in all the 15th chapter of John, every chapter in John. And it says, my, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other. Do you know that the, he said, my disciples be known by the love that they have for one another? Yeah. Do you know 1 John 4, 7, the 8? Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. God's love. Did you know that the faith that you have in Jesus Christ is based on the love of God? Galatians 5, 6 says that our faith works by love. And when you get out of love, your faith gets weak. Weak, weak. But when you stay in love... You stay engrafted. You're staying in, in tune with God. Instead of wanting to get somebody, you wanting to love somebody that doesn't deserve it. Does that sound like anybody yeah. who doesn't deserve it? That's everybody in the room. Amen. That's why we have to walk in love and give grace where it's needed, Amen. because that grace is fruit. It is a seed that is planted. Reinhard Bunke, who had millions of people saved in Africa, he said that the world's currency is cash. But he said the kingdom of God's currency is faith. And we need to develop our faith in the love of God on the inside of us, the power of God on the inside of us, the strength of God on the inside of us, the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us, and how about the gifts of the Spirit on the inside of us? We have to develop them by faith, by faith. It don't just happen, you know, I'm walking along and then boom, God hits me like, what was that? That don't happen that way. You develop the things of God, the life of God by communicating, by studying his word, by talking to the Lord, and then listening. Develop, develop, develop. We want it just happen. Did your car, do you have a car that drives you to church? I don't know if them things work too good. They they got one they make now. The Tesla. But if you don't have lines, it don't work. My point is, you have to on purpose. I've said it before. You're gonna eat lunch today? If you're gonna eat lunch, you're gonna have to feed yourself. God's not gonna come down and feed you. How about spiritually? God's not going to come down and feed you until you start tapping in, and then he'll start dropping things in you. Thought, ever thought about this? You ever thought about that? Do you want to do this? I'd be pleased if you did this. You let that go. Get that, get that virus off of you. Get that parasite off of you. If you'll let that go, it would be more pleasing to me. He'll tell you that. He won't tell you that he don't love you anymore, but he wants you to grow up. He wants you to draw in. I know, I know, it's a little hard. I'm sorry. The last one, number three, and then we're going to give us give you our scripture for today. We need to say what Jesus says. Quit saying what grandma said, or what mama said, but what Jesus said. We need to learn to turn and change. Let me say this Jesus is the word of God, and John, John started off in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Do you know in John 14 and and John 14 before this chapter, he's telling them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you hear what I say, it's what the Father would say. I don't speak on my own. I say what the Father says. If you want to know what the Father would say, look at what Jesus says. If you want to know what God would do, look what Jesus did. If you want to know what the Father's business is, Jesus went about, I must be about my Father's business. We must be about the Father's business. We must be like Jesus. Amen? Amen. One more time, amen? Amen. So we need to learn to say what Jesus said. Do you ever, did anybody ever read in the Bible where Jesus complained and gripped about people? His job, how bad it was, how hard it was. Somebody feel sorry for me. Jesus never did that. Jesus said, I'm going to say only what the Father says. You know what? They asked him one time, the Pharisee said, uh, started talking to him about judgment. He goes, I'm not here to judge, but if I was, my judgment is righteous. But he didn't come to beat us up in judgment. He came to deliver us out of unrighteousness and to make us righteous. Righteous is to be right with God. Come on, put your righteous robe on today. Just come on, act like you're putting it on. Come on, put it on. Don't it feel good? It fits just right. You are right with God, believer. I don't care if you don't feel like it. It's not up to you. If you believe in Jesus, you've been given his righteousness. Yes, your righteousness are as filthy rags. You see what I'm trying to get you to change your mind? Your mindset, what you say reveals what you think and what's in your heart. I just hate this place. I don't know why I ever bought this car or bought this house or moved here. I am working at this job. Take this job. And oh Johnny <laughs> Paycheck. Jesus never said that. I know I, I'm I can mock the more country singers. That's all right. But we have to change our words. Change our words. Change our change your words, you change your life. And so uh We need to say the word. John, 1 John 2, 5 says, But whoever keeps my word, truly the love of God is perfected in them. And by this we know that we are in him. You want to know how to be in him? Keep the word. Live the word. Say the word. Speak the word. Keep the word. It's what the Bible just says. If you look at the scripture, look at that scripture. But whoever keeps the word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know we are in him. If you're grafted in the vine, you truly know it, you're going to walk in love and you're going to do the word. Okay. Here's the keys. If I give you the keys, you can get in. There's a key. You want in, you got to pursue it. Even though I got the keys, I got to go put the key in, turn the lock, and open the door. You got to take this word and put it in your mouth and start living it. Come on, and live this word, and we know that we're we're in him. And when you find out, I've been doing it wrong, and I still find out I've been doing it wrong, I repent. Lord, help me fix this. Lord, help me change. Oh, let me start saying what I need to say and doing what I need to do. And guess what? He doesn't say just, let me. He doesn't do this. He says, get up. Come on and walk with me. John 15, 3, back to John 15. You are re- already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus' words are living and life. And they clean us up. And we live them and walk in them, and we start, we're grafted in the divine. One more. In 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides, there it is, grafted in, who's sticking and abides in love, abides in God and God in him. So our love walk, our word walk, our mouth walk, when he's mouthwash, we need to start saying and speaking what God says and believing what God says. In Psalms 107.20, the Lord said this, and I, I, as we were praying for people, this is your verse for the day. I may start doing this. This is a promise. Okay? Anybody know what a promise in the Bible is? God promised you something. If, 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 if I promise you ice cream, you've got to be a partaker of it. I am not going to feed you. I may buy it, but you're going to have to eat it. A promise from God is you've got to be a partaker Peter said that we might be partakers of the, of the promises of God. By these precious promises, we are partakers of the divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that's in this world. Partake. So are you ready to partake? All right. He sent his word and healed them. Who's the them? Us. So let's change it. He sent his word. Say it with me. He sent his word and healed me. Can you say that? Yes, we can say that. So let's do it again. He sent His Word and healed me and delivered me from their destructions. Well, I don't know, Pastor. My, my, my foot's still sore and my ear is still crooked and, and I, I just don't know. Okay, then let's keep going. In verse, next verse, Oh, that men... Would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. We're the children of men. Whether you feel like it or not, you need to learn how to be thankful. And if the God said he wants you well, if God said he wants you healed, then you need to start thanking him for it. Ooh, there's another, there's another nugget right there. Being thankful. Being Thankful. Thankful. I'm thankful for the life that I'm living. I'm thankful for the life that I have. And what's not right, God's helping me to change. I'm a vessel, and I'm in constant change, moving and flowing with God. And guess what? He wants to fill me up so I can pour out on somebody. Oh, that men would give thanks. Everybody say, thank you, Lord, Lord. for for healing me, for delivering me. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your wonderful works. (laughs) Charles Capps used to have a song, a theme song. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. No matter the circumstances. I have hard circumstances just like everybody else, but no matter what the circumstances, how I feel Feel on the inside what I see. What I see happening in in the world. The word of God is working mightily in me. Well, how do you know? Well, wait a minute. You've got to go back and put some of this, put these promises in your mouth to give God something to work with. So He's working mightily in me. Health is working mightily in me. Forgiveness is working mightily in me. He forgives me, I forgive. I love my neighbor as I love myself. Can you say that? I love my neighbor as I love myself. If you're not loving your neighbor, you're not loving yourself. Bow your heads just for a second. This is for people who have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you never have, and you want me to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Would you just look at your heart right now? You're not sure. You you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm saved. Will you just lift your hand? I don't care if you've been in church your whole life. Just look at your heart. You want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand. So look at me. This whole series has really been dealing with our walk with God because Jesus is the light of the world. He's called us to be light. We're called to be grafted. And I know it like, seems like every sermon in this series, the Holy Spirit's been just like nudging us. Come on. Come on closer. Come on in. Come on, get more. Come on, there's more. And he's pushing you. And he's pushing me. Let's get closer. So, why? Because it's coming. The Bible talks about the former rain, Old Testament stuff, and the latter rain, New Testament stuff, the outpouring of the Spirit. And I believe it's beginning to sprinkle. The Bible calls it the former and the latter rain coming together, and God's going to amp up, and people are going to start getting saved. Can you help somebody get saved? Can you help somebody and know Jesus more? That's what the Holy Spirit's nudging us about. It's time for us to grow up, to help other people grow up. It's about feeding them the fruit that we have so they can grow up because they're struggling. How about I ask earlier, will you get your faith joined with mine to believe God for miracles? Yes. That's part of the former and latter reign coming together. You see miracles in the Old Testament. You see miracles in the New. Do you know you want to call it revival? You want to call it awakening? Whatever you want to call, call it. A lot of people say it's here. It's beginning to tremble the earth's crying out for a revival. The turn of the century, there was a great awakening in Scotland and Ireland and England. It came to America in the 1900s or late 1800s. 1900s, there was a baseball player, Billy Sunday, that quit being a professional baseball player to become a preacher. God moved on him so mightily. Azusa Street outpouring in 1920. From that, missionaries went out across the world. And we look at, and and you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and get political just for a second. You look at politics. You look at how George Floyd died. It's horrible. It's terrible. But the only thing that's going to change people is the power of God, the life of God, the love of God. Yeah. I've told the story before. My daughter taught kindergarten, and this little girl and her mom, their house burnt down, and all the kids wrote letters to Santa Claus and. They had a long list of toys, and this little girl said, I only want a mat and some money to buy some snacks with. And my two daughters sat there and cried and cried and felt so bad for this little girl. And I said, your tears are awesome, but they're not going to change her life. The only thing that will change her life is Jesus Christ and the knowledge of Jesus and what he has done for her mother and her. And until they come to the knowledge of that, their life won't change. They need Jesus. And so does every person in America and Africa and Asia and Europe and everywhere. They need Jesus. And so we need to amp up Jesus. We need to start believing God for the power of God, the presence of God, the life-changing presence of God. And I know people who were alcoholists got saved and just God delivered them, boom. I know people who were sick and God healed them. And I'm expecting answers of prayer today. I have expectation. So it's time to get our expectation up. Next Sunday, won't you walk in the door saying, wonder what God's going to do today. That's our expectation. Because us feeling sorry for somebody that's in a bad situation, and you can actually give them money to get get better for a day or two, it doesn't change them. The gospel is what changes people. So close your eyes. Father, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. But not only hearing the word, but the power of God that goes with it. We all need the power of God. Lord, help us to receive and walk in the power of God in this day, in these days, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that your eyes are upon your people and that you move mightily in our midst and that you stir in us the rest of our life and draw us closer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.